Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. So whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan. And as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Amber? I'm doing well. Uh, We're talking about one of my favorite subjects today. And I know you have an incredible story for us. So let's hear it. Well, I was thinking about a job that I had between my freshman and sophomore year of college. I had gone home for the summer, except for my home had changed because when I was in college, my parents had moved. So I moved to a town where I didn't really know anybody and I had to get a job. And so I didn't really care. I wasn't looking for the ultimate dream job or the ultimate career. I just needed to make some money and I wanted it to be at a place that I wouldn't feel bad quitting in eight weeks when I had to go back to school. (laughs) So I I got this job at this fast food Chinese food place. It was family owned. And I mean, they, I think they thought it was fine dining, but it was kind of like fast food quality. And, you know, it wasn't a big deal. There were some tables to wait on, a lot of takeout orders. And so I went for my first day and they're showing me around. And then one of the, my coworkers said, Hey, we're all going bowling tonight. You want to come? And I was like, not really. Like, I don't even know these people. So I just like, Oh, that's so nice. Thanks for the invitation. Maybe some other time. Well, that shift was like crazy. It was like a really crazy first day at work. And there's this customer and she had been waiting for a while. And then all of a sudden she jumps up and comes behind the counter and starts bagging some of the orders. And I'm looking around like, this is not normal. What's (laughs) happening? And one of the other girls goes, Oh, she works here. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And she helped us get through the rush. She waited on some tables Mm. and then she got her own order and left. And I thought, wow, that's so weird. Well, it turns out that was one of the best summers that I had had. Uh, That whole entire workplace, everyone hung out together. We were all different ages from, you know, we're just a very eclectic group. But somehow we ended up hanging out all summer, so much so that by the end of the summer, we had a dual baby shower slash going away party for me (laughs) when I moved back. I just thought, wow, that's so weird. Nobody told me on orientation day, hey, to be a part of this, you know, environment workplace, you're going to, you know, become best friends with everyone. But everyone was on board to be together. And so we're going to actually be talking today about culture and defining what culture is. And so we're going to have three things for us today, as always, to help us understand (laughs) how to really define the culture of of our workplaces or teams or whatever it is that we find ourselves as the leader of. And so you even made it simple for us to remember today because all three things start with the letter I. So why don't you tell us what is the first thing we need to know about defining the culture? (laughs) Well, uh, I want to actually start with a quote today, and that was a great story and, and a good lead, and so thanks for that. And Brian Chesky, who is the co-founder and CEO of Airbnb, we've all heard of Airbnb at, at this point, he said this about culture. Culture is simply a shared way of doing something with passion. And the people that you worked with, that's how they did they did things with passion. They did things as a team. They had fun doing it. And so that's kind of culture in one sentence from the CEO of Airbnb, which I thought was a great 
Uh, it was a great quote. And so the first thing that we want to do today is, is this. We want to invite others into our passion. So you need to invite others into your passion. Chances are you like what you do in whatever company you're at. And so I'm going to assume that you at least don't hate your job. So when, when you decide to define culture, you have to give yourself an even better potential to realize the total effectiveness that your team can have. And whatever role that you play on that team, you're part of that culture and part of that culture building. And one of the most important parts that you need to do is invite others into your passion, especially if you're the leader. I mentioned last week that a couple of people have asked me um, some questions based on some of the things that I had said uh, on the book, The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. And the point I made last week was that a lot of people need just to learn how to smile and, you know, if you do, it's something that, you know, people can relate with. We can all relate with a smile, but even more so than just a smile, you want to be a leader that helps your people come alongside you. It's not enough for them to know that you believe in the company or what the company does. You have to show them and let them know why you think it's important for them to be a part of the culture. And so I was giving a presentation a few days ago and afterwards, one of the participants came up to me. And said something to the effect of, man, I really wish that I had your energy. And which, of course, as you know, you know, that's the opening that, that I needed to, to come in and, and talk with somebody about, about the things that I'm passionate about. And so I proceeded to talk about, you know, uh, with this particular participant about my passion and the things that I like to do and, and, and just kind of help people with everything in, in all parts of my life. And I let her know that in everything that I do, it's my hope to draw people in. And even, you know, uh, though they may not be excited, I'm excited. And if I'm excited, I'm hoping to bring other people along with my passion. And so my question is, what's the world that you represent? Where, where are you at? Where are you working? What are you doing? Are the people that you're helping on a daily basis part of that passion that you share? Are you passionate in the things that you do at your company? Again, you don't have to absolutely love your job, but you have to love being who you are at your job. And, and those are two separate things. If you don't know the vision of your company, for instance, you need to figure that out. And you got to do it pretty quickly because you are all going, hopefully, in the same direction. And furthermore, the mission statement is what you and your team are actually going to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis to be successful. In, in fact, you know, whenever somebody asks you and your team, um, you know, what do you do to contribute to the success of your company? You should be able to point back to what you're doing to build into the mission statement and realize the success within that on your team. So Mo, you're not necessarily saying you have to love, like, let's say your company <laughs> makes bubble wrap. Like you sure. don't have to be passionate about the fact that you make bubble wrap, but it's more like passionate about the mission of like, we want to be the best bubble wrap company there is or <laughs> or maybe the vision of like no little kid will ever open a package that has something damaged or broken like so you're like right. are, are you saying it's really more about more about not so much the what but the why yeah and in fact it, it, every little boy has uh, loved bubble wrap i mean who, who hasn't just stomped on bubble wrap just to, to to break it up so i mean if you're making bubble wrap bubble wrap i can tell you you are making little kids around the world smile because <laughs> they're the ones that jump on those things and pop i, I still and, pop that and stuff, driving you know? parents crazy <laughs> and driving parents crazy and in fact every time i get amazon packages now for instance it, it has those like bigger bubble wrap things and i love poking those things with, with scissors and just hearing them pop so 
Um, maybe that wasn't probably the the best uh, the best thing to bring up because I just got excited. I could be part of a bubble wrap company, Amber. You just sold me. So if there's somebody out there that's in the bubble wrap industry, get a hold of me. I'd love to be a part of your company. But anyway, what what Brian Jeske said, you got to remember, we have to invite others into the experience of whatever's going on and give them the best opportunity to set them up for success. And exactly what you said about bubble wrap, Amber, that, that's a great way to help people into your passion. I mean, to, to think that that you aren't necessarily doing anything that people are going to keep forever, but you, within the bubble wrap, bubble wrap industry, for instance, get things to people without them being broken, of course, that, that's wonderful. That's That could actually be part of the mission statement, right? So we have to remember, we're not talking about necessarily goals and strategy. We're, we're going to get to goals and strategy. But for now, it's the experience that you are offering to your people that matters. What is that experience that you're offering to your people to join your team. What would you say about the way that you work together, treat one another, strive for success together, all that stuff that, that encompasses the culture. And it's good questions to not just ask yourself, but ask people as they're going to be a part of your team. And I would recommend that you always make this a part of the package in asking somebody to come, to come be, uh, be a part of your passion. Okay, so to define the culture, you want to be somebody that invites other in, others into your passion. What is the second thing that they we need to do or second action we need to take? Sure, the, the second action is this. Include others into your team. And I know this one sounds a little bit simple, but isn't that what we do here at Rising Tide, right? A lot, a lot of you know things are complex and people like to make things more complex than they are. But if you simplify things and you understand that when you bring these people onto your team within your company, you need to accept them onto the team. Are you accepting people onto the team? And and at what rate? Is it right away? Is it a week? Is it a month? Do they have to try to pry their way in? For you, Amber, you, you weren't even ready for your summer job. They just kind of pulled you in and you were like, well, I'm just here to, I'm just here to package some food and go home. And they're like, no, we're going bowling tonight. And you're like, <laughs> okay, because it's it was part of the culture. It was what they did. They they were passionate about it. They invited you into the team right away. That's a great culture. So what's the time frame at your company? Do you help people be a part of the team? Remember, we're, we're, in, we're not just in the physical environment anymore. We're also in the virtual environment. And that makes things so much harder. And this hybrid kind of, uh, I'm there, but I'm, but I'm virtual. Sometimes I have meetings online. Sometimes I have them in person. You've got to figure out, because that's what makes it complex now, right? And so uh, th there's a guy, and his name is Brian Kristofik. And he's the president and CEO of a company called Upshot. And he says this. Being a great place to work is the difference between being a good company and a great company. And that's why you need to accept others on your team. You just don't want to be a good company. You want to be a great company and you want to do it, it, it quickly. You, you want to be one of the best in the industry, whatever you do. Think about it. There's already been, you know, whatever kind of hiring process at your company and however they, they go through to get people onto the team. So they've already gone through that process. Wouldn't you want to get this, this new person up to speed, get them going. Well, unfortunately I hear so many people, they're saying, Mo, I'm on a team now, but I'm trying to break in, in, into the, the company. And there's a bunch of clicks that already exist. And I'm just like, it's just like high school all over again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so don't we all want to work for a great place of employment? I know I do. And I have loved the teams that I've been a part of over the years. That's why I stay on, on these teams because I love what they do. I love I love being passionate about, about what I do. And I love teams that invite me into the process and in, in, into what they do. And so if you want to be an, an exceptional leader, 
You have to get the new person acclimated as soon as you can. Help her be a part of conversations, breakout groups, whatever it is, as soon as possible. Edify them in their strengths and what they do well and get them into the right environment so that they can succeed with their new peers. What do you mean by edify them? Well, when I say edify, I mean, you got to find the, the good things about somebody. When, when you edify somebody, you, you kind of pump them up. You put them on a pedestal. You let everybody else know, hey, this person does this well. And so when I consult with companies about their hiring processes, we always talk about what's the culture that you're bringing these new staff members into? Are you helping them get into what they do well? Do you bring them on the team and say, hey, this person's here and here's what they do well? Because culture's about acceptance. It's about getting people on, on the bus, right? That's what we always talk about, and going the same way. But if people are fighting that, it really, it really breaks that culture. And so will the new person at your place be able to ease into a path towards success right away? I hope so, because all they have to do is you know get on that bus, and if you already know where, where the bus is going and you can help them be successful, that's going to be wonderful. Because we have to remember, when somebody comes onto the team, they're the new person. They don't know anything, right? <laughs> they, they don't know uh, when people take breaks or where they go to take breaks or, uh, or where people eat lunch. They don't even know where, where the closest coffee shop is. And they probably, when they come into the building for the first time ever, they don't even know where the bathroom is. They have to be taught everything. Your job as the leader is to ask questions of others on the team and get those team members to get the new person acclimated to the process so that they feel welcomed and valued on day number one. When you add this to your culture, it speeds up the process for getting the new person developed and trained up so that they're adding value to the company and to the other people right away. Okay, so we invite others into our passion, include others into the team. What is the third and final thing that we do? Yeah, the third and final action to do is this. Introduce others into the process. And I think I just used the word process like three or four times in that, in that last paragraph, right? Always. And ever you, you didn't think that we were actually going to get through an entire podcast without me talking about the process, did you? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I was introduced into the process for the first time years ago under one of my mentors, a guy named Kevin that I worked for. And he would always talk about the journey. And the process, the journey, same thing. And what Kevin was talking about was, you know, when we use words like this, we need to, to, to give them meaning. Words have meaning. They, they, they have definition. And what he wanted to do is he said, Mo, if you are on this journey through this process, you need to be intentional. That was one of his favorite words. He loved intentionality. Everything he did was intentional. Everything he wanted me to do was about intentionality. In fact, I think, you know, we probably need to do an entire podcast really soon on intentionality because if if I had a nickel growing up in my first job under Kevin for every time I heard the word journey or intentionality, I mean, I, I, I could be retired by now, but obviously I'm not. So, uh, you know, I'm here and, and I love it, but I love this part of the process and I love everything that I do because I do it with intentionality. So your company, whatever it is, has a process for the way that they do things. Whether you know it or not, whether they know it or not, <laughs> the, the difficult part is that a lot of company leaders don't understand what that process is. They might talk about it. Oh, the process, the journey, but good or bad, whatever it's dangerous. But you need to make sure that you give that meaning because that's part of company culture. Now, my question is this, why would anybody want, for instance, toxic leadership to be a part of their culture, right? Well, they don't. 
No, nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to go to work today for a toxic leader and be in a toxic environment and be in a toxic company. I mean, nobody wants to do that, right? Nobody wants to be surrounded by toxic people, toxic leaders, or a toxic, com toxic company. In fact, get this. In the Army, we talk about toxic leadership all the time. That, that's, it's one of those buzz terms, and, and it floats around all over the place right now in the, the past couple of years. But I can tell you this. Every time I talk to key leaders after meetings where we've talked about toxic leadership, because it's always brought up, very seldom do I get an answer with clarity as to what the meaning of that phrase or that term means. But nobody really knows. They just kind of say, well, you know, you, you kind of know when you see it. And I'm like, no, I, I, need, I need you to define that. I need you to point it out to me. What is it? In your culture, you have to point things out so people know what they're doing. It's just one of those terms, for instance, toxic leadership, in this case, that's thrown out there so that we can all sound smart, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or shirk responsibility. <laughs> yes, completely, right? And, and nobody, I mean, nobody wants responsibility, right? <laughs> because when you're responsible for something, it usually it, it, something went wrong. But great leaders want responsibility. They don't shirk responsibility. They, they want to get away from being a toxic leader. They want to get away from toxic people. And they want to help people be better because the reality is we're defining culture every day in what we do and whether or not you want to be a part of whatever process that you're part of, you're already part of it and you are shaping that culture and you are being shaped by it, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> so if you choose to be intentional about the company process or whatever that is, and if you don't know what it is, have some conversations with your team. Have some conversations with, with the higher-ups in your company. If you're a leader and you don't know what those processes are, you need to define them. And remember, words have meaning. Terms have meanings. Phrases have meanings. And you're going to have to introduce people into what all these things mean, what they mean, because if not, the new person, the only thing you're going to introduce them in is frustration. And you don't want people to be frustrated. And how do I know people get frustrated? Because I've... I work with those kind of companies. I say, Mo, just, I just can't get people going in the right direction. I say, well, talk to me about your culture. And they always, <laughs> a lot of times they just look at me like I just hit them in the head with, with a two by four. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what are the things that, that you share? What are the things that you believe in? You know, don't just throw these words around like, you know, the process, the journey, culture, you need to really define them or else. If you're not intentional, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna work itself out. You have to give those things meaning. You're not gonna fool your team. <laughs> you're not gonna fool the new people, and they're gonna find out pretty quickly whether or not you know what you're doing, whether you know what the culture is, and if you know how to shape the culture. And then they're either gonna believe in you or they're not. And I really hope that you put your new people in a position where they believe in you right away. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, Mo. Before we head out, do you have any closing thoughts for us today? Yeah, I, I, I just have you know maybe a couple, and it's this: the, the main thing is for us to remember today that culture is something that's always being shaped; it's always being defined. If you don't like it, if you don't like the culture in in your uh, in your company or your um, your extracurricular activity teams that you're on or your family. Don't worry, you're in good company. I would say that all of us are struggling to figure this stuff out, you know, especially you know when we talk about leaders within companies. And a lot of times you need to slow down and help people understand what these things mean so that you can bring them into the process to help shape and define that culture. You also have to give them guidance and let them know what you expect from them. Because this goes for culture and and you can't get it done without 
bringing people in and saying, look, here's what really matters here. And here's what this company is all about, which leads me to, to close us with one of my, uh, with one, one of my favorite quotes by, uh, Peter Drucker, who's one of like the coolest business guys of all time. And he says this culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I'll leave it there. All right. Well, thank you, Mo. That brings us to the end of this episode. Everybody, thank you for joining us once again, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.